Hello and welcome to the podcast, Where Did the Rabbit Go? In this weekly podcast, we celebrate curiosity, critical thinking, and evidence-based skepticism. I'm your host, Marco, and this is show 51 for Thursday, January 14th, 2021. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the coldest month of the year. And especially these past days have been really cold. And here in Mexico, that means that the houses are freezing inside. Because apparently, insulation is not a thing. I mean, I get it. The houses are not equipped for this because big part of the year, it's hot. And you need to cool down the houses. So in days like these, you just suck it up and deal with it. So it's time for winter hats and double socks, extra blankets and gloves inside the house. And for a hot cup of coffee. Well, it's always the right time for coffee. But yeah, so today I measured 9 degrees inside our bedroom. Single digits, 9 degrees. There's just no way that you can enjoy this and there's no way you keep yourself warm. And uh, funny thing, whenever I say that I'm cold, uh, people usually respond in the same way and I understand they don't mean to be offensive, but they ask me this thing, can you guess? They ask, but why are you cold? Aren't you from Germany? Mm, yeah, I am. And uh, it's cold in Germany and we can feel that it's cold and we keep ourselves warm. So, yeah, I don't know what to respond there, honestly. Maybe you have a good response that I could give the next time without being too sarcastic, like... Yeah, I'm German, I'm not a penguin. Um, so if you have any good answer that I could give the next time, that's not too sarcastic or offensive. Because I know people mean well. Uh, but yeah, let me know. Let's get to the topic of this show. I think you all watched the news about what happened at the US Capitol in Washington, D.C. last week. These events actually went down before my podcast came out last week because I already had it recorded. Anyway, those events are still on everyone's mind, and they're on my mind, so I decided to process it by recording this episode about those recent events. Because I think it's too big not to tackle this topic. So what exactly happened? Why should we care? What is especially concerning about it? And what could be happening in the near future? When that main segment is done, we will close the show with another game of Find the Fake. Will you be able to spot the lie among three news headlines? But first, let us look at the events of January 6th. Alright, let me take another zip of my coffee. And let us first take a look at what exactly was going on in the Capitol on January 6th. To do that, we have to go back to November 3rd, 2020, the US presidential elections. The two candidates were Donald Trump for the Republican Party and Joe Biden for the Democratic Party. 
The US election system is rather weird and complicated. But on election day, every one of the 50 states votes for their presidential candidate. Each state gets represented by a number of electorates in the electoral college. And the number depends on the population of the state. And it's more or less proportional. There are some states which only account for three electorates, such as, for example, Alaska, Montana, and Wyoming, among others. And the most populated state is California, with a total of 55 representatives, followed by Texas with 38. On election day, every state gets either colored red for the Republicans or blue for the Democrats. In every state, it's all or nothing. If your party wins a state, it gets all the electoral representatives from that state. If you're runner-up, you get nothing. In order to win the election, a candidate needs the majority of at least 270 out of those 538 electoral votes. And in the 2020 election, Joe Biden won by a clear margin of 306 compared to Trump's 232. Some of the states took more time to count the votes and define their winner. But the deadline to do so was December 8th, the so-called safe harbor deadline. By that time, the defeated candidate would usually have congratulated the winner, recognized defeat. But it was very clear since the beginning that with Trump, this would not happen. Even before the elections, he made it very clear that he would only recognize the result if he's the winner and that he would call it fraud if he lost. Sounds like little kids, right? It only counts if I win. And to no surprise, he delivered. He filed lawsuits in several states that he lost. All of them were dismissed because he never could present any real evidence, only empty accusations. Even parts of his own party started rushing him to admit that he had lost the election. But this just would not happen. So come January 6th. On this day, what was supposed to happen is that the US Congress confirms the election of the elect president, in this case, Joe Biden. He will take office on January 20th. And uh, the process on January 6th is really just a formality. There is no election process going on or whatsoever. Joe Biden is the president-elect. What Congress does on January 6th is to confirm the list of electorates and confirm the president-elect. So just checking that all the names are correct. No big deal. You'd think. You see, the person to confirm Biden had to be the current vice president, Mike Pence. And Trump urged him to slow down or even block the process in a desperate attempt to overturn the vote, which had already concluded. And it could not happen. Remember, this was only a formality. But since the early morning, thousands of hardcore Trump supporters had gathered in front of the Capitol and Trump himself spoke to them, urging them to, quote-unquote, take back what he thinks is theirs. He told them that he would join too. And no, not just join, he would lead them to take over the Capitol. And indeed, the masses stormed the Capitol entered the halls and even offices. But Trump? He did not go in there. He watched it all from home on TV. And of course he tweeted about it, how proud he was of those people. 
Well, all this that he was so proud of resulted in the end of the day in five people being killed and several more injured. And as it now turned out, this also could easily turn into a super spreader event for COVID-19 because there were infected people present and lots of Republicans who refused to wear a mask. And we have to see how this develops, but now those Democrats who got infected are accusing those Republicans. And we shall see, because um, maybe people should not get access anymore if they refuse to wear a mask, even if they're representatives. We'll see. What can we learn from all this? Well, first of all, we all expected that Trump would go out with a bang and not quietly. And he and his people truly delivered. But not many people would have imagined that things would go this far. Entering the Capitol, the building that symbolizes the U.S. democracy itself. This is the icing on the cake. After one year of rallying and then four years of governing and creating a culture of hatred, of division and violence. Think about it. Donald Trump is not really president of a country. He's more like a leader of a cult. He is the leader who may never be questioned, and his followers are blindly doing everything he says. And if someone wants out or disagrees, they are marked as a traitor. As you could just see with Pence these days. How many times in the past four years has Trump fired somebody just because they would not say exactly what he wanted to be the narrative? And as I mentioned, during the events of January 6th, he even branded Mike Pence as a traitor, his vice president, just because he was going to take part in the ceremony inside the Capitol. And he was not willing to block this. And of course, Trump made all his tantrums. What has to concern us is how Trump has been undermining the process of a democracy itself. If he and his followers will just get a little bit their way this time, there will be the danger that every four years the race for the presidency turns into a violent battle instead of respecting the votes of millions of people on their ballots. What should we learn? We should remember that we are living in a democracy, which includes certain rights, but also responsibilities of every individual. And we should appreciate what that means and not just consider a democracy as a given. If anything, these events are showing us how fragile the whole concept of a democracy can be if people do not actively stand up for it. It took just a few years to bring the United States, a world-leading country, to this point. One term of one president was all that it needed. So we should not take our democracies for granted, but take these events as a reminder that we have to actively participate when the time comes, it is our duty to vote. And we have the right and the duty to write to our representatives when there are issues that concern us. They are elected into office to represent their people. So we must make sure that they can hear us. It's our right, but also our duty. Another very concerning thing is how Trump handled the objective truth. He himself stated many times that a lie becomes a truth if you only repeat it often enough. And he surely knew how to use that. And there is something about it. If we just repeat the same narrative over and over again, 
on all social media channels, subconsciously enough people will eventually think that there has got to be some truth about it just because they see it everywhere. And Trump surely did this a lot. He repeated so many times that he had won the election, that the Democrats had stolen it, so enough of his most faithful followers are now truly believing this. Enough people to attack the Capitol as we just have seen it. What can we do about it? If you see something that is definitely false, a piece of fake news, please do not share or retweet it. Even if you are trying to refute it, please do not share the original content. Do not give those populists even more of a platform than they already have. If you want to make your own statement, then do so independently from that content. Write your own blog post. Record your own Instagram story, your own TikTok, your own podcast to get the real message across. But do not give those people an even bigger platform. Because by sharing their content, even if you're trying to rebut it, you would wrongfully give them credibility. And it sticks in people's head that hmm, if this is shared everywhere, there must be something to it. Another lesson that is really bothering is how the police and the media handled the issue. It bothers me that the people who stormed the Capitol are over and over referred to as protesters. And we have to wonder if those people had been black or Latinos or Arab origin, if they would also be labeled as protesters or if the word terrorist would be used. To be very clear, the people who stormed the Capitol last week were white supremacists and that day they were acting as terrorists. It was a terrorist attack. It might have been a protest in the beginning, but the moment that they were entering the capital, they had turned this into a terrorist attack. So please use the right terms. Those were not protesters. The people entered the capital are terrorists. Also, the reaction of the police. Just compare how much police force was used in the capital to the police force during the Black Lives Matter protests. Those were protests, but the police were much more present and acted much more harshly, using tear gas, beating people up, and arresting people. Many more people than we saw arrested last week. There is a lot to repair. These last four years have shattered very much. They have done too much damage, and it won't be easy to fix. One way to fix this, of course, is the educational system. People say, use education. Teach the children to be tolerant. Teach them the right values. And do not indoctrinate them. And do all of this as early as possible. Yeah, but this will take decades. And even there is no guarantee. If there are states which force their science teachers to teach young Earth creationism as an equal alternative to evolution, there is still... A long way to go. It will take decades. Eventually, those people will die out that have those extremist views, probably, because they are overrepresented in the older population, but still they are indoctrinating their children. It is concerning. And um, 
This is precisely why evidence-based thinking and critical thinking are so important. My guests like Jay a few weeks ago, and also myself, have said it before, how important fact-checking is. And this just encourages me to keep producing this podcast and hopefully in the future find more teachable moments to apply these skills. It's important that we all learn how to distinguish trustworthy sources from populist fear-mongering. What will the future bring? There is nothing that Trump and his followers can do to avoid Biden being the president starting January 20th, just a few days down the road. And now that the Republicans have lost the Senate and the House, it won't be as easy for them to block things for the next years. But the core problem will prevail. The population of the country is divided. Too many people simply believe all the narratives of Trump without questioning. And even though Twitter has blocked him, it is hard to imagine that he will completely shut up in the future. And his followers will keep following him blindly. As mentioned before, he has created a cult around his person. Maybe Trump will be impeached. It's complicated, but this would be important, because this could strip him of any rights to become a candidate ever again. Since he has announced that he's planning to run in 2024 again, we should use this option, but I think it's still very doubtful. He will probably have to face several lawsuits for all his past actions. He is greatly responsible for the United States' weak response to the COVID pandemic. And what happened at the Capitol was initiated by him, by his hatred speech. It will be very interesting to see what his future will bring. But unfortunately, even without him as a leader, the damage is done and the problem will keep existing. Two more lessons that I think must finally be learned. Just because something has always been done in a certain way does not mean it should never be changed. What do I mean? The United States are holding on to a completely outdated model of election process. Not all votes count the same. The votes in some states matter way more than in other states. And the votes of a runner-up in each state gets completely lost. And there are just states that always go to the same party. So if you're a Democrat in Texas, or if you are a, a Republican in California, you already know that you're going to vote for the losing party in that state. And as we have seen in the past, it's possible for a candidate to lose the popular vote by a margin of several millions and yet be the elected president. Just four years ago, Trump had around 3 million votes less than Hillary Clinton in total. There should be no way that the system allows the loser to take the election, especially by such a big margin. Trump is complaining about the whole thing being rigged. If any, it was rigged in his favor. This time, Joe Biden had over 7 million votes more than Donald Trump. Yet, if only a few hundred thousand of those votes had been differently, if those people had voted differently, even such a big margin of more votes, he would possibly have lost the election to Trump, thanks to an outdated and unfair system. It should really be time to leave this nonsense behind and starting with the next election to do the right thing and determine the president only by popular vote. 
every vote has to count the same. Which brings me to the second lesson here. The other problem is that the people in the United States have only two options, only two choices. Historically, the Republicans have represented the right wing and the Democrats the left wing. And voters are forced to pick one of those two sides. There is no in-between. And it has always been like that. Occasionally, there's been a third independent candidate, but if that candidate gets a few hundred thousand out of a hundred million votes, that's already something. The two-party system is in part responsible for the division of the people in the country, the divided states of America. They urgently need more big parties. The people need another option to vote for in the middle. But for some reason, that is seen as weak in the United States. For some reason, they take pride in this outdated system and the two-party system only. Dear United States, you urgently need to change things. You think of yourself as the world police, as the moral high ground, as the country that all others look up to, the country who helps other countries in conflict and who establishes order and by attacking if necessary. As things look right now, you are the country that needs help, dear United States. You definitely do not have the moral high ground right now. And the world is definitely not looking up to you as a country. We are looking up to you for your scientific achievements, for example, for things like landing on the moon, but not for what is currently going on. Remember that you, fine rabbits, can do a lot. We can all put our grain of salt. Before you share something on social media, please take a few minutes to do a fact check first. And use trustworthy sources like CNN or like Snopes. And if your fact check does not hold up, then please don't share that piece of information. And if you're rebutting something, don't repost the original content. Please create your own original piece of content, whether it's a text, an audio, or a video format. Whenever there's an election, please show up and vote. Don't let any vote get lost. And write to your representatives in Congress, write to your mayor when there is a topic of concern. And to close this segment, as hard as this may be for each and every one of us, in a situation like this, we have to be the grown-ups here. Let us not respond with violence or with yelling or with sarcasm. We have to be the adults here as hard as this can be. To close this episode, here's another game of Find the Fake. You're going to hear three news headlines, but one of them has been turned into fake news. Mmm, Trump will surely like that. Can you figure out which one is the fake? We have to train ourselves in doing this, so here we go. Item number one. Scientists have found new evidence for why crocodiles have changed so little since the age of the dinosaurs. Item number two. Drinking more coffee every day can increase the risk of prostate cancer. 
And item number three, newborn megalodon sharks were larger than most adult humans. Giving you some time to think about it, you can pause this. We're now going to reveal them in order to see how you have been doing. Let's start with item number one. Scientists have found new evidence for why crocodiles have changed so little since the age of the dinosaurs. Have you believed this one? Good, because this one is true. Let us take a look at the article published on Science Daily. New research by scientists at the University of Bristol explains how a stop-start pattern of evolution governed by environmental change could explain why crocodiles have changed so little since the age of the dinosaurs. Crocodiles today look very similar to ones from the Jurassic period some 200 million years ago. There are also very few species alive today, just 25. Other animals such as lizards and birds have achieved a diversity of many thousands of species in the same amount of time or less. Prehistory also saw types of crocodiles we don't see today, including giants as big as dinosaurs, plant eaters, fast runners, and serpentine forms that lived in the sea. In the new research published today in the journal Nature Communications Biology, the scientists explain how crocodiles follow a pattern of evolution known as punctuated equilibrium. The rate of the evolution is generally slow, but occasionally they evolve more quickly because the environment has changed. In particular, this new research suggests that their evolution speeds up when the climate is warmer and that their body size increases. The findings of the study show that the limited diversity of crocodiles and their apparent lack of evolution is a result of a slow evolutionary rate. It seems the crocodiles arrived at a body plan that was very efficient and versatile enough that they didn't need to change it in order to survive. There you go. Really interesting animals, crocodiles. Let's go on with item number two. Drinking more coffee every day can increase the risk of prostate cancer. This should surely worry me, because I have very high coffee consumption. But this one was the fake. It's actually the opposite. Let's take a look at the article. A large review of research indicates that that extra cup of coffee does more than keep you alert. In fact, drinking more coffee may reduce your risk of prostate cancer by up to 9%. Higher coffee consumption is significantly associated with a reduced risk of prostate cancer researchers have found. New results published in BMJ Open saw researchers examine data from 16 different studies from 1989 to 2019. They pooled the information together to assess to overall reduction of risk from coffee consumption. The team from the Shenjing Hospital of China Medical University found that men who drink several cups of coffee a day had a lower risk of developing prostate cancer compared to those with the lowest consumption levels. Each additional daily cup was associated with a reduction in risk of 1%, the findings indicate. Good. I'm glad because I really sure like my coffee. And to those who think, why was this study only conducted with men? <clears throat> it was about prostate cancer. Um, you do the math. Okay. Item number three, of course, means newborn megadolon sharks were larger than most adult humans is a fact. Let's take a quick look at the article on Science News. 
baby shark has taken on a whole new meaning. Newborn Megadolon sharks were supersized fish larger than most adult humans, a new study suggests. An analysis of the growth rates of the ancient ocean predators, which lived between about 23 million and 2.5 million years ago, estimates that the sharks started life at about 2 meters long. Researchers report January 11th in Historical Biology. Otoros Megadolon is right up there with Tyrannosaurus rex in the pantheon of scary extinct predators, but little is actually known about the shark's biology. Its skeleton was made of difficult to fossilize cartilage, so what scientists do know mostly comes from fossilized teeth. For example, paleobiologist Kenshu Shimada of DePaul University in Chicago and colleagues previously used megadolon teeth, as well as those of other ancient and modern sharks, to estimate a total adult body length for the fish of at least 14 meters. In the new study, Shimada and colleagues had an extra rare piece of evidence, megadolon vertebrae. Although shark skeletons are made of cartilage, the animal's backbones can become hardened and strengthened by deposits of calcium salts, which can then be fossilized. These vertebrae also preserve annual growth bands, like the rings of a tree, showing how the fish grew. What a fascinating animal. Definitely like to learn more about Megadodon sharks. So how did you do? Did you figure it out this time? Are you keeping a tally? So this was the second time. And if you picked out the fake in both shows this year, reach out to me so I can give you a shout out on the show. Please let me know. Before we close the show, I want to give a special shout out to Richard Saunders from the Skeptic Zone podcast from Australia. Richard Saunders has been a well-known skeptic and public figure for many years, and his podcast has been running weekly since 2008. Wow. And I'm a weekly listener to this podcast. I'm a huge fan. Richard is also currently running a project about psychic predictions. So I wrote to him to share my own take from episode 49 from two weeks ago. Also with the idea that I was mentioning a Mexican so-called psychic, Monividente, which he had probably not heard of yet. So he checked it out and gave me a shout out on his podcast and even linked to my episode in his show notes. Thank you very much, Richard, for this. I was really excited to hear this. And of course, dear rabbits... I will link to the Skeptic Zone in this week's show notes. I highly recommend that you listen to it, if you're not already doing so. It's always very entertaining and also informative, and Richard Saunders is such a great example to follow. He's humble, and yet his podcast is always informative, and he never fails to put out an episode for over 12 years. Finally, I also want to say hello to anyone who came over here, thanks to the Skeptic Zone. Dear Rabbits, this is all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking your time and listening. If you like the show and you want to support me, there are very easy and painless ways, and they are all for free. Rate and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. You can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Share it with your friends on your social media. And follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find all the links in the show notes. 
every little bit helps. Stay safe and stay curious. And these days, stay warm. Until next Thursday, I am Marco, and this has been Where Did the Rabbit Go? For the Democrats. Demo, demo. Why do I always say Democrats? President, uh, President Biden? Yeah, President Biden, the president. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do.